Yo guys, if you take failure and reframe it as a tool, you can then take that tool and put it into the belt of experience. This is the Music Fit Podcast. Let's do this thing. Yo guys, welcome back to the show. Got a great one in store this week. I got the lovely opportunity to sit down with Stealth Like Me, uh, also works Rad or Die. We get into overcoming inequality and overcoming any type of challenges. It's a super empowering conversation. But before we get to that, I want to take a moment here and give a shout out to everybody who has been there in support of what I do and what the Music Fit Collective is all about here as well. It was quite literally one year ago yesterday, May 9th, 2020, where I nearly lost my life when I was hit by a car. While I was in the turning lane of an intersection on my bicycle, a few minutes away from my destination in the Melbourne CBD. As my body hit the pavement, everything went numb, and my whole left side was flooded with an incredible heat. Though it felt like time stood still, they tell me EMS was on the scene in minutes. I was told to lay still and stay calm, and even though it hurt to breathe, all I could do was smile and laugh. I was alive. I was alive. It took me a 40 kilometer an hour slap to the face via a Dodge Journey. Ironic, right? And when I walked out of the hospital that evening, I knew I was given another shot at this. I left the toxic relationship I was in. I released my album and I gave myself full permission to change the game of musician wellness and rewrite the rules of rock and roll. One musician at a time from the inside out. The next morning, Mother's Day 2020, was day one of my deeper connection to my emotional body. I have since learned to understand and resolve my pain and in turn empower others to create agency in their lives and change their world through their music. For anyone listening out there waiting for permission from someone else to do something, whether that's finishing that song, getting out of that toxic relationship, taking up music full time I invite you to consider the Latin phrase memento mori which means remember that you have to die that and avoid being hit by a car without further ado this is Stealth Like Me folks hope you fastened your seatbelts for today we got me me man you go with so many different i don't even know how to introduce you you're stealth like me you're rat or die me it's like me me and then mimi is not even the real name let's get into that right off the hop though i want to go into that track you guys just heard rebel girl by bikini kill 
what a bomb jam and that's got to mean something that's that's not one of those songs that just you know oh i just woke up to it no that's got some no. that's got some sting what yeah give us the it's background crazy. here so on my wrist i don't know if you can see it's one of my first tattoos ever i think i have eight total but it says riot girl okay yes. and i think i got this on my first tour out here in arizona from la um, my sister is a really popular but amazing tattoo artist, and she was just kind of getting started, I think. Um, and this was this was an interesting tattoo to get. But the reason why I got it is because growing up, um, you know, I'm a 90s kid, and I grew up on, like, the Girl Revolution style music, which is making such a huge comeback right now. I love it. Um, I've been I've been listening to, like, uh, I think it's, um, I want to say Miley Cyrus, she was like running on a treadmill on some like TikTok and singing Bikini Kill. And I was like, what? You oh, know, yeah. I would have never, she's just bringing the shit back. And then I'm watching some movie the other day and it's like a little band on stage is covering the song. I was like, dude, this is crazy. Um, but yeah, Bikini Kill is something that my sisters and I kind of grew up on along with all the other kind of, um, you know, L7. Uh, there's like a bunch of groups, um, uh, Baruch Assault, you know. Oh, all I was just going to say, yeah, like, were you getting into like Hole and like yeah, Garbage yeah. and, and right. you know, like even even on the other side of it with like Fuji's with Lauren and like yeah. all of That's that. That's so funny you say that. So yeah, I actually yeah. had somebody write, because I used to do open mic nights in Philly, started to jump around. But somebody wrote on a napkin, smooth like Lauren Hill, and passed it to me after I got done singing. And I was like, oh, that is the ultimate compliment. No but, kidding. So, so, like, my voice could be very, like, I grew up putting together a punk rock, all-girl kind of riot girl, grunge rock band. Yes. And we called ourselves Crushed Velvet. Doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> and, um, you know, so <laughs> I feel like I've been dealing with what, what we were going to, try and tap on today kind of the inequality thing since I was a kid. So anything from getting into like BMX bike riding, skateboarding, um, playing the guitar and singing, you would always get kind of like, I had a Tony Hawk haircut. You would always get picked on by all the boys, especially like people who didn't understand, you know, kids mm. who were different. And I just feel like, you know, in my household, my dad was a really strict Sicilian father with four daughters, wow. you know, so, and yeah, my sisters are like gorgeous, beautiful. So, you know, my dad would have dudes knocking on the door and he would practically answer the door with a shotgun, like, what do you want? Yeah. And so I feel like, you know, being able to go to school, didn't dressing the way we wanted to dress or necessarily do some of the things we wanted to do. I grew up a rebellious kid, you know, like running away from home and doing all these things. And yeah. I, was a, I was a bad kid. So I feel like Bikini Kill is like my soul and my heart kind of, you know, bleeds that whole Bikini Kill style. And I love that it's coming back. It just means that, you know, it's still an issue today, obviously, equality with girls and girls being respected. And I love that it's still a theme, you know, that, come back that, full circle. Love that. Love that. And you know what? That that reminds me a lot, too. My sister had that whole phase going growing up, and I got right into it, too. Because, you know, I'm a younger brother. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. She went through the Spice Girls thing, but then she went hard into, like, yeah, like the garbage, your Veruca Salt, your, like, 
Shirley Manson, I'm sure, was one of my sister's biggest like friggin' idols, right? And the, yeah. the whole the whole image, the whole what you stand for, and it lends itself because like for the folks that don't know who you are, you've got like 17 different hats. How do you introduce yeah. yourself when you're yeah. like, hey, what's up? I'm Mimi. Like, where do we start? You got m music, you got some media, you've got some automotive stuff going on. Like, yeah, there's all so of it. I feel like so as a as a kid, kind of going back to my roots, I grew up in Trenton, New Jersey, and um, it was a very diverse childhood. So you had like the hip hop kids, you know, you had the skater kids, the emo kids, the punk rock kids. And I always got along with everybody and I dressed however I wanted to. I'd be wearing like a run DMC sweatshirt with chucks and my hair was like all shaved underneath. You know, like I was just so mixed match. I didn't care. Then you have like the little chain wallets and the Genko jeans because I was a little like skateboard raver kid, which who knew that could be a thing, you know? Um, so I, I don't know. I just didn't care. I felt like I wanted to express myself however I wanted to. And I, I kind of grew up that way with my music because I learned how to play the guitar by learning how to play Nirvana. But then, like I was saying before with Lauren Hill, um, I learned so many things from the hip hop side and the flexibility of my voice and that soul. I even loved Sade, who still to this day I listen to. And you know, so being in that diverse atmosphere and then going to college in Philly, you know, my my real name is Michelle. So it's something that growing up, all the teachers would say Michael, because Michelle with one L is technically the masculine version of Michelle. So German, Italian, you know, French, uh, Michael is Michelle or Michele or Michele. Yeah, Michele. yeah I'm German, yeah. right? So yeah, my yeah, mother, Michelle. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so my dad's name is Michael. I was supposed to be a boy because back then they didn't really predict, you know, what your kid was going to be. And my dad was rooting third child now better be a boy. And <laughs> I come out, they didn't have a name ready. They were thinking Michael, Paul, Fusco, this, you know, junior or some shit. And I come out and my dad's like, oh, damn. Well, what are we going to call her? And my mom was like, eh, we'll call her Michelle, like the Beatles song. And with one L, not two. And then I didn't have a middle name because they couldn't think of anything. And so then it was just my first name, my last name, all throughout you know high school, going into college. Everybody called me you know by the wrong name. So eventually, people like especially my close friends started calling me me because they were like, "Yo, me, let's go blah blah blah," or me, you know, or like memes was another one. M e e m z, yo memes. So it just started happening, and then. You know, as I became a singer, songwriter and, and guitarist in in a world where I was in magazines and newspapers all the time and really getting like a name for myself, I want to say around like 2000 to 2003 in the Philadelphia area, getting interviewed, people started asking me like, well, you know, what do you go by, Mimi or Michelle? And I would say, you know, I would love my artist name to be my real name. And I put like M-I apostrophe capital C-H-E-L. So that way people were kind of like forced to say mm. Michelle, kind of like the bass player for Prince, right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I ended up going to um, LA and it was the same thing. And, but yeah, everybody called me Mimi in person. Yeah, it's kind of weird to like live that double life. Mm. And then, um, you know, my family still calls me Michelle, it's funny. Uh, but you know, you, when I moved out and all of my friends were calling me that my family still calls me by my real name. All my friends call me Mimi. 
And then the whole rat or die thing was just like the last two years with my car um, in the automotive scene. I needed something that meant like it's either going to, you're either going rad, which to me is full steam, or it's going to die off. So that's the whole purpose of rad or die. Um, and then stealth like me is because I went solo in 2008. Yeah. I left my band out in LA. I went solo. So I always felt like when I came back with my first single, it was so stealth-like, like under the radar, um, came out on like iTunes, SoundCloud, Amazon Music. And everyone was like, wait, what? You're still doing music? I'm like, I never really stopped. I just went back to like being a bedroom closet like player, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, life just got real serious for me. I had to raise a son um, as a single mom. So I kind of put music on the back burner. And that's where the stuff like me comes from because I'm now a soloist in the world of music. So um, working on an album right now, I'm eventually going to be known as Stealth Like, and it's M-I for me. Yo, me. So yeah. I kind of brought the two worlds together. Oh, love it. Love it. And I know when it comes to like record labels and things like that, I always had a hard time because I was signed to like an indie label of Universal Records. And they used to say like, what's your genre? Tell us like, you know, your elevator conversation yeah. i'm like bro we can't have an elevator conversation <laughs> no That's not good. but i had to learn how to do that you know so i would always just say it's whatever i'm feeling i can get on the stage and i have been on the stage with people like the same stage as quest love and if i want to get on there freestyle sing on the mic and then two seconds later go hang out in a bar and sing some punk rock song why not why do i need to be in a box there's so many people just sitting, waiting for somebody else to give them permission to do something. And that's where like that box thing, if you're in a box, you're setting yourself up to just have somebody else tell you to, you can do something. In your experience, what, what has the pandemic really done for those of us like yourself, who's willing to, you know, yeah, I could go do punk rock. Yeah, let's go do some soul over here. Maybe I'll just freestyle for a bit. Like you've got that, I can pivot mode. Mm -hmm. Got mm -hmm. that thing turned to the rad, <laughs> right? That's yeah, rad, yeah. rad on. That's that thing is going all all steam ahead. For for yourself, why? That's true. Like, why'd you do it? Why is that working? I think it's because you you know when you limit yourself and you try to. So here, let's just say it like this. I've always thought of life in increments, so. You know, I was this person as a kid at first who was very, I had social anxiety. I had a lot of like uh, medical kind of issues or just ailments between like vision, hearing, um, you know, a lot of stuff going on as a kid that kind of made me just shut down from the world. And I didn't really know who I was or what was going on, but I always had this vision that I didn't want to express to anybody because I felt like everyone would just be like, what? I, I always knew I wanted to be an entertainer of sorts. Like I remember in kindergarten, I drew a bunch of, you know, you draw like a bunch of circles for the crowd. Yeah. I drew like a square for a stage, a little me on the stage, and then a ton of circles around the, the stage. And so I always kind of had this little part of me that was like, just, just, just do it. Stop worrying about what other people are going to say, what other people are going to think. You know, they're going to make fun of you anyway, no matter what you do. There's always going to be 
you know, I guess now the term is haters or people who are going to have opinions. And um, I honestly think that I have always been two people. Still to this day, I have bipolar one. And um, I think part of me was always this really hyper, I'll do whatever the frick I want. Nobody can stop me. I'm on top of the world. That's it, right? And then there was this other side of me that was completely shut down from the world, super anxiety, social anxiety, agoraphobia, all these words that I've learned about in the last two years. Um, and just being those two sides of like people, I think somehow down the middle, I've said, you know, even though I have this anxiety and no one would ever know, most people look at me and they think I'm the most confident, most outgoing person on the planet. But I feel like my anxiety drives me to be that way. Mm. Like I over talk. I'm constantly changing my hair color and hairstyle. I, I, I dress however I want. I do whatever I want because I feel like if I try to focus on just this one thing, there's always going to be this voice in my head that's just like, but I still want to do this and I still want to do this. So I believe that you can do anything that you want to do. You just have to take the leap and the risk and then deal with whatever the consequences are. And life being in the, these increments, I've been so many things in my lifetime. I've been like Mimi, the rock star that was once signing autographs, right? I've been Mimi in the corporate world, um, working for one of the top banks and brokerage firms in, in the world for eight years, you know, no college degree, just like. I got to raise my son with benefits and I made my way all the way up to like this really high position. And I played like this whole like corporate Mimi, which I never thought I would do. You know, I'm training people that are like executives and, and, and no matter what they, they didn't understand how I went from being a fronting a rock band, you know, between Philly and LA to that. And even then I would get made fun of like, how the hell did you end up here? How are you, how are you teaching me <laughs> brokerage and credit card and online? You know what I mean? So, and that was another phase of my life. And then I hit another phase of my life, which I never forget those things. They all kind of go under my belt. That's what I call it. I'm building this belt of experience that as I left the corporate world, I utilize all of these experiences between the music industry and really playing my own manager and booking my own shows and, you know, doing all these things on my own, building my own band and then um, promoting and doing events. Like you start really developing these little notches under your belt. So I always felt like if it wasn't for me being that go full steam or, you know, just sit around wondering what you could do with your life. If only you took that chance, um, you know, I wouldn't be where I am now, which is I'm running my own business. I have all the skills I need at this point. No one's taught me how to do this stuff to, to do almost every aspect of the things that I'm involved in from music to social media, to helping people run their business, giving them advice on their business, be it legal stuff or policy and procedure. Cause I picked that up from the corporate world, you know, um, and it's just so you're just developing this whole skills, like your belt is loaded with stuff and it's it still got room. I still got room. I got the whole back of my belt now that I'm. Oh, developing. man. So, there we go. And I, I'm going into my next phase of life because I'll be 42 on May 14th. And I feel like I'm kind of reverting back into, yo, you need to finish your album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So I'm kind of going back to the skills that I've, I've been born with that I knew I wanted to do, which was entertain people and be in front of that crowd. And, um, it comes back full circle because I never, never just like limited myself. I just kept developing and going and going with whatever life took me on, whatever journey or path I had to go on, even though I was anxious. And at times I thought, you know, what am I doing with my life? I feel worthless because you're constantly shifting careers and, and reinventing yourself in a way. So I, I, the only way I could say I deal with this, I just run with whatever life throws at me by going, how can I make the best of the situation, learn from it, add it to my belt, and then go on to the next thing? You know what I mean? Wow. That's, that's power right there. I love that too. The building of a belt of experience. That's, that's so key. And, uh, I, for, for one, just envision Tomb Raider. I'm just like, yeah, you're fucking Lara Croft here. Like you're just got Lara Croft and you're just ready to rock and roll. Like quite literally. People will, people will say to me, is there anything that you can't do? Cause I cut and dye my own hair. I can, I, I mean, I almost feel like I train dogs, you know, like, I feel Amazing. like if anything, anything you put your mind to it, instead of saying I can't or I won't, it's like, let's try this and just see what happens. That's amazing. And then you're either good at it or you suck. <laughs> and then, and then, you, you know, know, right. And then you and know then for the next know. time. And then, and so I always tell like, you know, kids that I come across and they're just, I'm like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to really ask you that because you could be so many different things. And you could fail at so many things, but then you're always going to learn something so that you could use those lessons for your next thing. There's never really, uh, you know, I think, I think failure in itself is still a part of building, you know, your belt. It's if you don't fail, you don't know, you know, otherwise you, otherwise you get stuck in this box and you think like, Oh, I got to have the house and the white picket fence and the family and the kid and the corporate job. And that's the way life's supposed to be. And then you talk to those people and they say things like, I've always dreamt about being a professional bowler, like something crazy. <laughs> or I've, always, I've always dreamt about being a baker. You know, I've always dreamt about being like a mobile detailer. I've always dreamt about being a singer. And I'm like, and so why have you not pursued that? And it's a lot of times it's just, well, I don't know how I would, you know, make money or provide, or I don't even know where to begin. And it's like, I have been broke. I've eaten saltine crackers and a can of tuna for like a month straight. If those are the types of sacrifices you have to make to know whether this path you're on is right or wrong, it's not about living in a nice house and having all these things. Like if those things come because you're doing so well at what you're doing, awesome. But if you need to haul ass and live a certain lifestyle because you're passionate and you want to do whatever it is you're doing, that's a sacrifice you have to make. A lot of people aren't willing to do that. Give some light towards uh, the inequality and the ability to overcome whatever is in your in roadblock and just like or in your roadblock in in your way roadblock to success. Uh, for those that are sitting there going like, oh man, I can't do that because of A B C D E F G all these things yeah. issues. So my dad, out of wanting to protect us as kids, you know, this is something you do like for your kids. I do it with my son sometimes. I have to catch myself is that you don't want them to hurt. You don't want to see them hurting. You don't want to see them, you know, fail and be hurting, but it's such a huge part of life. And I feel like when my dad used to say things like, you can't do that. You know, when you hear that all of the time, you start to think, I can't do that. And 
I don't know at what point it shifted for me. I think, so I lost a woman who was like my mother for, you know, she was like my other mom. She passed away. Ironically, she was 42 passed away. And then I lost my best friend. He was 23. And I think like, it's, I mean, I don't know if this is going to like trigger anybody, but seeing, you know, my best friend in the coffin at 23 and, and seeing life just stop for her and not knowing like what she could have, would have been and all the things she would have done. It kind of just puts life in this perspective that it's not that you can't, it's that you won't. And so if you keep telling yourself you can't, you will never try. Right. So a lot of times people would say, especially men, things like, um, and no matter what industry it's in, and I feel like it's sometimes it's not even their fault. They're just, they grow up around it. It's on TV. It's, 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 you know what I mean? It's just around them. It's in their, um, their homes. You know, it's, it's that idea that moms stay home with their kids and cook and clean. And it's a very old kind of conservative mindset that needs to go away. But oftentimes between the more so in the music industry and the corporate world and the automotive world, it's so rare for females to get past that um, crowd of guys kind of making fun of you, telling you you're doing it wrong or judging, you know, you based off of just your appearance and saying things like, oh, you know, it's, it's only because you're a girl that you're making it. It's like, wow. So you're just downplaying the talent altogether. You know what I mean? Like, or the skill to get there. Mm-hmm. And it, I think what's harder about it is the mental side of it. You know, you, you start hearing those voices in your head telling you you're not good enough. You can't. So for me, mental, mental is an everyday thing. I'm still getting past those voices. I still hear them in my head and it's just, you know, self talk or negative talk. You just got to hit it with positive affirmations. It doesn't matter if I'm a female, I'm more than capable of doing this sometimes better than a lot of the men that I'm dealing with. So then I also wonder, is it their ego? Is it their fear or their, um, you know, do they feel like they're less of a man because hey, I might be making more money than them or I'm more capable of working on cars than them or I can sing and play the guitar and they don't even know. You know what I mean? It's like mm. it, it could just be this, you know, um, insecurity thing on their side too. But I, I mean, as far as inequality goes, I just feel like it's, it's never going to go away uh, unless, like you were talking about earlier, guys, A, acknowledge that it exists and then B, you know, start kind of making an effort to say more positive things like, dude, she's killing it or giving props no differently than you would to your guy friend, you know, um, be it sports. Like my little sister played professional football. She's like five, two. And I swear this girl would take out any dude I know. And and it's just like once you can see that like females are more than capable of doing so many things, it's 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 not something that should just automatically be said like, oh, well, she's a girl. She can't she shouldn't be doing this. It's it's not. It should just be is if she's skilled enough to do it, is she talented enough to do it and recognizing that instead. And, you know, I, I dealt with it. I want to say the most um most more so in the promotional side of things, because a lot of guys back in the day being promoters, club promoters, booking gigs, um, 
oftentimes would would doubt my skill set. And then I always had to prove myself. So you're always taking like extra steps as a mm. female to show like I'm I could do this. And not only can I do it, I'm really good at it. And then you'd get some of those guys that were like um really optimistic and open-minded and they'd be like, yo, I want you on my team. Let's do this. And they would stick up for you with other dudes that would be like, why, you know, why are you going with, with, with a girl or whatever? Mm. And he'd be like, yo, her work ethics, you know, her, her, um, skills. It's like, she's better than any other dude I, I've ever met. So taking like those extra steps, it sucks. It's exhausting, but I feel like it's, you just start going, okay, if I have to prove myself to everybody, so be it, you know, maybe eventually you've got other people now, which I feel like I'm at this point in my life where you can say my name to people in the industry and they're like, dude, that don't mess with that chick. Because <laughs> not in a bad way, just like if you can get her on your team, it's it's rad Maybe. or it's gonna die. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. so, it. so it's, it's I'm that person that holds people accountable for their actions, for their commitments. I'm like your word is your bond. So I do come across sometimes to some of the guys in the industry as difficult to work with. Okay, <laughs> but or or like or I'll just give you an example. If you tell me, hey, I'm gonna give you this raffle item for your next event. And I put you down as, boom, I got one of my four raffle items. To me, that's a commitment, right? Get an email from me. It breaks it down. Boom. It's like a written contract. Then it comes to me coming to your business to pick up that raffle item. And it's like, ah, sorry. I, I didn't know. I didn't know it was this weekend. And uh, I don't have it ready for you. And I will raise hell because I'm not going to let you make me look bad. I'm a professional. This is what I do. And mm -hmm. Just because you think you can blow me off because I'm just some girl trying to do my thing, you know what I mean? It's like, no, you told me you were going to do this. You're going to do it. And that's that. And I'll just stand there and I'll look at you and I'll wait. And so eventually with one of the companies that I actually work for now as a, I run their social media content and everything else, I now have him in meetings saying to other people that we end up working with and they say, oh, well, I'll do this and I'll do that. He'll say it for me. The guy that I that did this to me before will say, you better do it because this girl right here, she'll call you every single day or show up at your place of business and make sure you do it. And it's like, if I was a guy, you know, then you're considered a hustler. You're a boss, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? But Absolutely. if you're a girl, you're being difficult. So I love that this, this guy kind of changed his view. Whereas before he would tease me, you're hard to work with. Why do you got to be so difficult to now? It's like, no, nah, man, your work ethic is loyal. You're committed. You hold people accountable. And that's rare. It's rare. So many people just kind of blow everybody off and, and, and don't feel like they need to, to kind of stick to their commitments. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm old school. Like my dad, you know, I'm like, you say you're going to do it and I'm ready to go full scene ahead with what I need to do in my world and my professional side, then you're going to do it. Unless like there's a death in the family or like something, you know, that's what do they call it? Where it's like mother nature. Like, yeah, 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 it. exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's yeah. a natural, natural disaster of some variety mm -hmm. emergency. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 
don't just be lazy or blow it off or say like, it's not that important because that's, that it doesn't work like that. It, yeah. Especially in, in my world, it's like, it will make me look bad if I show up to an event and I'm like, Oh, sorry. I don't have any raffle items because you know, these Whoops. dudes just basically <laughs> thought they could just brush me off. Cause I'm a female. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're not going to be with that. And, and there are women, unfortunately, too, in positions of power that make it up there that will do the same thing to other women. I'm like, hold up. It's bad enough I got to deal with this with men. But now I have to deal with it with women, too. So you kind of have to prove yourself sometimes, depending on what industry you're in, to both. Yeah. And I don't tolerate it. I, I call people out on it. And I don't care if at first it's like, you know, because people will get to know I'm the nicest person on the planet. I will do anything for you. I will make sure that you're, you become successful by helping you with anything you need, but you're going to make sure that if you commit to me or you, you just say you're going to do something that you're going to do it. Well, that's, that's, you know, how I deal with my inequality is just calling people out on it. <laughs> okay, cool. We've established there's some things that we can change. Now, what's the action step for, especially for women out there in uh, let's just focus in on the music industry and promotion and entertainment and stuff. If you're feeling like, Oh yeah, this girl's got something to say. Cool. What do I do to get that action? How do we become an agent of change now? Like for yeah. the women out there, we already know the dudes and that's why I wanted to have you in and, and speak to this because there's dudes out there that are probably sitting there going a little bit of ego going like, oh, fuck that. You know, they're, they're thinking, no, nah, nah, they, they've got this little inner critic. That's still, you know, yeah their eight-year-old boy because they were living in the in the farm and you know you know dad would do this and mom would do this and yeah. the conservative mindset of no that's not yep. the way it's supposed to be mom's mm -hmm. and where's my dinner yeah like right. like like little sister can't be out there chopping wood she's got to be inside you know chucking some corn <laughs> yeah she's yeah she's on corn duty and she's doing dishes after as the boys eat and do man things and throw fucking axes into trees like what <laughs> the more like too, the more that like the LGBT community too becomes um, you know, there's there's really no such thing now as uh, only a man can do it, only a female can do it. Because, you know, it's like there are guys wearing makeup and doing makeup tutorials better than some women that I know. I'm like, damn, you know? Right. And there's there's guys designing clothing for women, like there's just so many things that like you see that it, it, it's at some point, yeah, everyone's going to go. It doesn't matter what gender you are. Do you have the skills? You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, it's all and, fluid. And the talent. But when it comes to the music industry, I think that we know for a fact that women can be extremely talented, be it full-on producer, making their own. I, I'm going to use Kimbra as an example. One-stop shop musician. This girl murders it. And there's so many people like that where they could just be a one woman show. And a lot of times, oh, well, she's a pretty face. That's why she made it. Oh, she dresses really, you know, provocative. And a lot of times the music industry wants you to dress that way, right? Mm. So then it's perceived that that's what got you there. It's like, no, no, no. Do you not hear the talent that, did you know she writes all of her own songs? She produces all of her own, you know what I mean? It's like, and it sucks that we have to stick up for people that way. But if more men basically said, you know, it doesn't matter. That's, I love Billie Eilish for this. It doesn't matter if you're rocking the baggiest clothes on the planet. Listen to what is coming out of this person's mouth. It's mad skills. And the more guys basically go, you know, we're not going to, in the music industry, you're talking about record labels, promoters, 
people doing your, what is it, where they do like public speaking, they have you actually like learn how to talk to in interviews and stuff. What is yeah, it called? Yeah. Like your publicist oh, kind yeah, of? Pub- I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I've been in that situation <laughs> where they're like, Mimi, you need to lose 20 pounds. You need to not be in, cause I was engaged at the time. You're not in a relationship. This is where you're from. You're from Philly. You're not from Trenton. You're only this age. This is how you're going to dress. Like, do you tell men this when you get signed to a record label? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Probably not. Like I see 300 pounds, you know, rappers and they aren't like, bro, you got to lose 30 pounds. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so there's a lot of pressure on women. And it's like, well, you just listen to the talent. So if, if men can just go, we're in 2021. You know what I mean? If Billie Eilish could be famous, rocking a size XXXL shirt, it means that we're making progress because she is huge in the sense that like, it doesn't matter what dudes think of her. A lot of them are now saying, that girl is mad talented. And it doesn't matter what they look like. You got, what's her name that wears the wig over her face? You know, they're all trying to make a statement, which is, um, you know, it's not about what we look like. You need to just start, you know, recognizing and acknowledging and speaking to the talent itself and stop thinking that the music industry is only going to thrive on sex cells because then you're limiting the, the fact that there are so many females out there including myself, you know, I couldn't stand the music industry for that reason. I didn't want to be a part of like that pop culture, whatever it is. Mm. Um, It made me kind of hate what I was doing. And so you start losing some real talent that's out there just because visually they're not appealing to the male eye in the world. It's like, nah, dude, you're missing out on some serious talent. Stop judging people by the way they look. Just listen and if it is something that the world deserves to hear, just just let it be. Let it be. Because there's so many people out there that can relate, you know? Not everybody looks skinny and perfect. And you know what I mean? So how do you, you know, how do people relate to that all of the time? It gives you, it gives you this idea that you're not good enough. You know, as a child growing up or a female growing up listening to this music and why I love bikini kill is because they didn't care what you look like, what you sounded like, what you were into, you were just loved. And I think as long as men can say, stick up for women more, when they hear other men saying, you know, I can, when I hear this voice, I can imagine her on stage if we made her look like this, or this is how she talked, you know what I'm saying? They need to stop doing that and start saying, I love this chick. I love everything about her, the way she dresses, the way she, she looks, she's totally going to connect. To, to so many people on so many levels, the real, the real deal is where it's at nowadays. Not the filters, not the, the the plastic surgery, and these perfect people. And I love the direction that it's going back into. It's back into the '90s right now, where it's like full on focus on us. Let's focus on the skills, the talents, and that's it. it. Whether you're into, you know riot girl punk rock you know grunge rock whatever just listen to the lyrics and what they're saying and i feel like uh it's also bringing it back to the beastie boys i love that the beastie boys you'd listen to the same cd you get a little bit of punk rock a little bit of hip-hop Everything. a little bit of club music a little bit of jazz a little bit of funk and they didn't care and they were huge and, and their crowd when you would look at them they were so diverse you had all of the kids. So again, bringing it back to the way I grew up, I was friends with all the different groups. 
when you listen to stuff like me, I think what's, what you're going to do is recognize some of those, you know, influences that I have, but then also feel like it's, it's a unique, original, refreshing type vibe because it's, it's me, not those people bringing it to the table. And when you put all of them in a blender like that, you kind of do create like this new yet familiar sound. So if, if you're, uh, I feel, you know, I feel like for me, it's if you're not the kind of person that listens to one genre of music and you're constantly switching through your playlist and your playlist is really diverse, you can get that all in one album. And that's mm-hmm. what I love about the direction that I'm headed in with my producer, uh, Jim Wilcox, he used to be the drummer for Authority Zero. Um, he's now working on some side projects with Record Thieves. They just came out with their album. But he is very much the same, like grew up on the same type vibe, just in, in this circle rather than a square. And I feel like if you're down for that journey, then you're going to love what we got coming out. And I hope that uh, my, my comeback, per se, my first album in a long time is something that, you know, kids today can relate to, people in my age group can relate to, and then some. So Perfect. Sweet. Where's the best place people can find you? So if you go to unityofnoise.com, that's the record label that I'm with. And they've got a couple of the uh, songs that we've put out there so far. There's a music video. Um, I'm not really pushing my Instagram just yet too much, but I do have a Instagram, which is stealth like me underscore. And that's stealth like me with an I. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's. I started that page not too long ago with the idea in mind that once the album drops, you know, I, I, it's what I do. I, I do social media content, so I'll start really pushing it at that time. Um, but yeah, people are interested. Unity of Noise uh, Records is where it's at. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. That was... Uh... Ooh, I'm like supercharged again. That rad or die <laughs> thing, man. Huh, that's it's so it's so cool to hear the empowering words of like what I got out of this whole thing is that that hope that no matter what you've got tossed at you, pivot. You can figure it out. If you just slow things down, sit back, go, okay, mm-hmm. I'm tossed this. Let's just let's go this way. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't going this yeah. way, going this way. So it's really cool to hear that. And I, I hope your words have uh have you know sparked something with somebody out there that thinks they can't do something because that's yeah drop the i can't because it's it's really just a mindset and just say you know like stop worrying about whether you're going to be able to take care of yourself because when you are the only thing you have to rely on that you'll make anything happen even if you have to struggle for a little bit even if you're making less money than you were if you're happy doing what you always you know wanted to do and that's awesome that's what life's all about Mimi, thank you so much for your time. It's been a blast. And uh, thank you so much for sharing your space and uh, your your wonderful stories with us here today. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you having me on. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to building a new friendship out of this and staying in touch and seeing, you know, what the connection, where it brings us. Perfect. We're looking forward to it. All right. You stay sweet. We'll see you on the next one. All right. You too, rat or die. Exactly. Peace. Bye. (laughs) 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning into another episode here today. We're changing things up. We're coming to the end of the season here. So I wanted to give you a heads up. All right. We're going to be going to a live podcast first Sunday of every month. That means first one coming up June. All right. So we're going to round out this season. And then our first Sunday of June, which is the 6th of June, we're going to be going live on a brand new platform out of the Music Fit Collective community. You guys will also be able to watch and partake as audience members on things like Twitch. So you're going to find our next couple weeks on our socials, on our Instagram. You can find links to how to connect and how to ask some questions. We'll have some guests in there. Easiest way, though, is to join the community at musicfitcollective.com. Now, this is a great community if you're an artist, if you're an industry member, if you're a coach, you want to specialize with uh, working with musicians and the industry, such as us. That's awesome. We want to hear from you. Also, for all you super fans out there, this is a great community to connect and make sure the artists that you love uh, are, are supported. And that way we can continue as a community uh, to continue to change the musician wellness and rewrite that whole damn story of what rock and roll really is. All right, so again, head to musicfitcollective.com. You can find a couple different options. We got little memberships. We've also got all of our foundation coaching packs. So anybody that does a coaching pack with any of our affiliated coaches, you guys get your membership for free. So that's friggin' sweet. Now, if you don't have a, uh, a coach, you're not yet in the coaching circle, that's cool. Pick up a membership, $22.99, phase one, all right? That's going to be closing down the end of the month here in May. So make sure you hop on it. Well, hopping is good. Like a bunny or a kangaroo if you're down under. <laughs> all right, guys. That's it. That's all. Again, thank you very much for the continued support and growth. I'm off of uh, Facebook. I'm off of LinkedIn. I'm off of Twitter. I'm off of TikTok. I'm on Instagram at Mike the Schwartz. You can also find the Music Fit socials at We Are Music Fit only on Instagram now. We're also on Clubhouse. We've got a whole club. All right. So if you're on Clubhouse, get in touch. Easiest way is just shoot an email to wearemusicfit at gmail.com. And uh, that's it. That's all. Okay. Till next time, guys. Y'all stay sweet. Peace. Till you hit the